Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby with Steve Lewis, Dan Power, Brian Ray, and guests Dylan Fawcett and J.P. Deplacee. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, the Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you once again for joining us. This week, we have a stellar Major League Rugby 2021 show before the kickoff of the regular season. I don't know if any of us here are ready for it or are really thinking that it's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen, and I think you guys think it's going to happen because otherwise you wouldn't be on this show. On this show, let's get to the guests. We have Stephen the Lizard Lewis, General Manager of Rugby United New York, two-time coach, USA Rugby Coach of the Year, head coach of Jamaica Sevens, male and female. He's with us from the Upper West Side where I am. We've got Brian Ray. Some He's, he's got the Canadian lights behind him up in Halifax, Nova Scotia of America's Rugby News. Dan Power without a hat this week. Uh, the voice of the, 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 the voice of the week with CBS uh, Major League Rugby's Game of the Week. Uh, but he's a pundit extraordinaire from Australia originally. And we have none other than Jacques-Philippe Duplessis of the Nola Gold, the star of Major League Rugby with us this week. JP, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. All right, JP, just just to straighten things out, there seems to be a little bit of confusion about your name because in Wikipedia has got some other things going on, like the order of it, but they're just calling you JP. You, can you comment? Can we clear this controversy up once and for all? Yeah, look, my, my parents love me, but I think they, they kind of burdened me with many names. Um, of which they tell me, you know, those are those, those, those in South Africa, there's a tradition. You have your, your grandfather's names and your father's names and stuff. So in my passport, it's actually Philippus Jacobus Snyman, which is my grandfather's names. But as my name, which what people call me is actually Jacques Philip, which is JP. So I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that's just, that's just the way it is. My wife still doesn't believe me. Have you been getting free stuff posing as Philip Snyman? <laughs> I, I, t- I tend to stay away from my passport names. I just think it's previous generation. All right. Um, so yeah, we, we keep that one side. All right. That's, that's enough of a show right there. We got that all cleared up, right? Yeah. Just, uh, but I, we have a panel that's got questions for you, but just for the folks at home, uh, JP was with the San Diego Legion last year. He is the 2019 back of the year in Major League Rugby. Uh, you've, you've had runs with Montpellier in the top 14. Yeah, Raymond? so uh, in, in 2013, uh, I was with Montpellier. Um, didn't play much. I had done my knee actually just before that with Western Province, before I head over to uh, Montpellier. But yeah, I, sp- I spent about, uh, say, about 13, 14 months there. And then you, you, you also had a run with the Free State Cheetahs, right? Yep, so then I followed to the Cheetahs uh, uh, and actually ended with the Southern Kings uh, in Super Rugby in uh, Port Elizabeth, yeah. But I, I, I want to go back a little bit because I know Dan is giddy about this, but you, you had a run with the Sydney Roosters. In, in... Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did. Uh, and to be honest with you, uh, I got a rude awakening uh, with my first ball carry because I actually got concussion. I ran into two uh, in between two New Zealand uh, Islander boys and they just basically put me down and, you know, said, welcome to league, mate. And uh, from then on, I realized I was in a different sport. I, I want to know about the trade, JP, because... 
as far as the profile of the trade, I'm sure there were some smaller ones that had happened, but you were like the first marquee player that actually got traded. Yep. Tell us through that from your perspective. How did you find out and how did it all go down to go from San Diego to NOLA? Um, Dan, to be honest, without getting into too much depth, uh, we were in a situation where, uh, you know, I think uh, 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 Legion was, you know, with my with my whole family and, and everything. I think, the you know, the package got a bit big and after, you know, COVID and everything, I think it was like a whole thing where, um, you know, they kind of just said to me that, uh, you know, well, we can offer you a contract, but it'd be less. Um, and at that point, it just didn't make sense for me anymore um, because back in South Africa, I've got um, I've got restaurants and stuff. So I'm leaving all this kind of behind. So at that point, I said, you know, I can't leave um, for that money. And then it also wasn't going to cover the flights for my family and stuff. And at that point, I kind of said to them, you know, is it okay if I start looking for other opportunities? Um, and, you know, they said, but, you know, by all means. Um, and then uh, no lot obviously approached me and said, you know, we'd love to have you over. And they, you know, they offered me the four year deal. And, you know, at that point, to be honest, I, I was, I loved the way Nola played. Um, I thought I'd fit into the style of rugby easily. Plus, you know, um, I'm a, uh, from back in South Africa, you know, I think our culture is, is very much like uh, down South, uh, very more, I think, uh, conservative and stuff where, you know, I see my kids being raised here. And there was a lot of little things that in my perspective that I thought would fit well. Um, and, you know, we, we just, we made the decision and said, you know, it's best for our future um, in the league as well, um, along with a long-term commitment. Um, I love, I love the league. I love playing in this league and, and, you know, we love the, the United States. So, you know, that was just the best option at that point. That's a pretty formidable backline that you're part of. Yeah, 100%. So I, I do think we've got a really, really good backline. Um, and what's great is not just the starting backline. We've got, uh, you know, a whole line, uh, uh, you know, backing the, the starters um, where, you know, each player in that, in that, in that, in that backup line, uh, backline can just slot in anywhere and, and make just a, uh, you know, as big of an impact so yeah look to be honest the depth is actually so you know you can have a great team but what's going to carry you i think throughout the season and especially towards the end of the season is is your depth um and the ability for these players to slot in so look i think we we've got a great team um up you know the forwards has impressed me the structure uh, everything that they've you know worked on and the hard work that they've put in it's just really come to show towards this end of uh, the the preseason. yeah four-year deal that's great you gotta jump in that um, yeah I would. I actually Dan's question was terrific, but um, who who would you um, who would you consider your most uh, challenging or awkward opponents thus far in Major League Rugby? Uh, so, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think up until 2019, um, it, or in 2019, which was probably the you know the the year that I completed, I, I would have uh, definitely said, uh, you know. Uh, um, There'd be a, there'd be a lot of players that kind of stood out and actually was really really challenging, um, but you know Tristan Blewett I think just stood out for me in that 2019 season. Um, someone who really stood out and, and that I would say, listen, if I played him, you know, you really got to be on your toes. And um, a player that I you know actually think if he had made it, if they had made it to the finals, could have been the the back of the year. Um, so. Uh, 20, 2019, you know, I moved to oh, 2020, I moved to 13, uh, 13, um, which was a bit of a different ball game. 
uh, you know, faced Rene Ranger there. And there was a couple of players, obviously, that that stood out there, uh, obviously, with the experience and stuff. But obviously, with the season being cut short, um, it's, you know, it's really difficult to say. But, um, yeah, look, to be honest with you, I think um, what's amazing to see is, is how all these, um, you know, players are starting to come into the league and starting to stand out and to see how the league is growing in terms of that. Um, but in in all essence, I think Tristan Blewett was probably the centre that stood out the most for me so far. Great. And this is a quick follow-up. Um, a young American player that takes your fancy that you think's got a got a chance to. Yeah. So I actually um, I rate uh, and he's on on Nola as well. Devin Short quite highly. Uh, I think as a as a as a you know as a just a general rugby player, the amount of speed that he's got, um, how agile he is, how strong he is over the ball, his defense, the lines he runs for someone who has only been in the game for about three or four years. Um, you know, and, and when I joined uh, Legion, it was the first year as well. And he had just basically started, you know, playing rugby uh, or actually you know, yeah, well, obviously first professional rugby was 19 at the time. Um, someone that really impressed me for someone who just joined and, and come from a background of football. Uh, I think the amount of talent that I saw in him was, uh, was, was you know, really impressive. So I think he's definitely someone that, um, you know, as, as, as I think the season will go on, you know, and 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 all you know the league, uh, the cup as the years go on, and, and he gains more and more experience. I think he's definitely going to be one of the uh, players to look out for. Thank you, to JP. We got to take a quick break. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. JP, obviously you've got some great moments ahead in a NOLA shirt, but I want to turn back the clock for just a second here to June 2019. You scored a try in the 78th minute of a semifinal. I want to know if that's the greatest moment of your rugby career and why is it because you knocked out New York? Um, <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Can I was, curse uh, on my own show? Can I curse? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Should I rather should I rather say no comment? No. Matt, you gave me you gave me that uh, advice. No, you got you got a free pass here, pal. You're golden. Right. Um, look, to be honest, I, I definitely think there was many moments in that season that stood out, but that that was you know obviously one of the ones that that did stand out for us. Uh, uh, and for me personally, as a player, to have um, that opportunity, I mean, it was just a bounce of the ball. It was no real actual you know brilliance or or you know it's basically uh, the luck that came our way and, and to be able to score that try but then still have to be dependent on Joe to slot the kick uh, and get that those points. I mean, I see Joe, um, you know, was effortless. But anyway, so that, that, was, that was definitely one of the greatest moments of not only my major league career but of my life. 
Definitely. How did you feel about the, the atmosphere at Torero Stadium in that game and also the final against Seattle, you know, even though Seattle won at the end? But, the, the uh, you know, the, the crowd was a huge, massive crowd, the biggest, uh, close to the biggest we've seen in MLR. So, you know, yeah. how did that atmosphere feel for you? Uh, amazing. To be honest, it, it, uh, you know, what really impressed me is to see how many, um, you know, how people are getting behind the league and coming out to watch the games. Uh, and and you know the 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 whole atmosphere at at, at Torero was was really great because it wasn't a huge stadium, right? So you got like you know your what what was it six or seven thousand people, six thousand something, just right like on top of you, and you know they're going crazy. So it was really it was an amazing experience, um, you know. And I think anyone who who came to play at Torero can kind of testify to this. It's it's really an amazing uh, uh, facility. Uh, an amazing stadium and, and I think it creates a really good uh, atmosphere for, for rugby to grow because I mean fans come there and they watch the game uh, and afterwards they get to meet the players and hang out with the players which is obviously now probably different this year but you know I think that in itself really get people to uh, buy into it and, and, and love the game and you know come back which is what we ultimately want. What, what was the biggest difference between the two organizations uh, for San Diego and Nola, was it night and day walking in? What, what, you know, facilities yeah. and and culture. Look, to be honest with you, I think at this point, uh, Nola was probably more uh, uh, um, well this year going to well, this year and 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 uh, with the facilities that they had was probably better in the sense that everything happened uh, in a you know close proximity everything was literally about five minutes drive. Where at Legion we had to drive you know about. Uh, 20 minutes to the gym, then 20 minutes that way, then uh, run on the field there, which is, you know, obviously it's the beginning of any any league. It's always going to take time. We've got the clubhouse at Legion and we were going to put the field up at the back and the gym at the bottom. So it was all coming. Um, but I think Nola was just, um, you know, uh, at that point more, uh, uh, I'd say, settled with the clubhouse, the gym just down the road, the field just down the road. Uh, and now we're actually at the at the stadium, the gold mine, so which is a massive, I think, step in a in the right direction direction for the club. Uh, gold and, mine on uh, airline. Know, yeah, it's right on airline. Yeah. Well, no, it's the gold mine. So uh, we're digging gold there, apparently. So perfect. Uh, Dan, I, Dan, I think you might have another question, but I just wanted to make a quick observation. If George Clooney and Colin Farrell had a son, it would be you. Okay. Just pointing that out. Uh, I think that's that's a compliment, by the way. That, oh, oh, so it's a compliment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank no, you. it's a compliment. Where's my wife? Can you say that again? Two, two very good-looking men. I know Dan. That was on the tip of Dan's tongue. He just he was too shy to, to bring it up. Yeah, I actually watched a documentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he had a baby. So it could be possible, maybe talk to Clooney and uh, Colin Farrell, see what <laughs> that's, happens. That's Pretty sure it's a documentary. That's a compliment. Yes. Yeah. Bring some muscle into it, right? Yes. Yes. Hercules in New York. Just watched that the other day. What a flick! Should have won an Oscar, or at least two. Hey, um, let's go back to that kick from Joe Peterson. Because I, I, I was in Seattle doing the other semifinal, and we were all in the truck watching. You scored almost unanimously in the truck. We we're like, he's going to kick it. Yeah, on his bad side from the sideline. They're like, they're like he's going to kick it. How, how did you guys feel when he? The same thing. You're walking back. Was it just like Joe just doesn't miss these kicks in these moments? We're going to talk about this all day. We can talk Sorry, Steve. Yeah, Techn you know, technically, Steve, you didn't work for New York then. So when I was there, and I'm you got hired York. because of this, Steve. You know, if they win, you don't get a job. So you should be thanking JP for scoring that try and Joe. I was Pitton. the only guy making noise in the stadium, going Noonan, Noonan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, 100%, Dan. Like you, 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 you nailed it. Joe is just a player that you know when he's got these kicks. Uh, he really misses them. 
Uh, sometimes you ask yourself, is this guy human when he kicks? Like, it's just, uh, he's so accurate. So I, I remember actually turning around and thinking to myself, like I, I was closing my eyes and I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm not going to look. I'll listen to the crowd. Um, but still had that sort of calmness and belief that Joe will get it. Um, so it's, they, that's like when we when we scored that try, we kind of already celebrated because we know we knew that Joe was going to take the kick, and we knew most likely eighty percent chance that he was going to convert. So um, that was the feeling on the field, hundred percent. Did did Joe kick that kick too early? Uh, kick the drop goal too early? Final twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. JP, would you rather kept the ball and? worn down the clock or did you like the fact that he went for the drop goal now that you're not his funny. teammate you can comment honestly yeah uh it's it's funny you're asking this question because to till to this day uh that's probably one of the, the the things that uh has haunted me the most um to be honest because uh, look joe kicked the, the drop goal at the perfect time um and you know we got out of that three point uh a danger and you know there was what a minute and maybe a half left, I think, yeah. on the clock. Yeah, uh, so just about the, two minutes or two under two minutes. Yes, hundred percent. So at that point, I caught the ball um, from the kickoff, um, and I remember Joe calling it as I as I, as I caught it um, to play him deep to kick it out. I think at that point we both kind of, I, I don't think it was like a, yeah, you know, I, I won't say it was like a blurred moment, but I, I don't think we actually realized. Listen. We can just hold on for a minute and, and just let the clock run out. We were so ecstatic about the drop goal that we ran back and we're like, okay, great, great. Now we just, you know, don't make any mistakes or whatever. So we didn't actually, I think, pick up, let's hold on to the ball. So, which is weird because, I mean, Joe's got how many years of experience? Um, yeah. I've got some experience. So it was, I'd say it's, that was probably one of the worst, worst moments of my career by, by, by a mile. Um, just to think that uh, if we had hold, held on to the ball. And the funny thing is we that week we actually trained. Um, what if we take the lead and there's five minutes left? So we actually trained it and, and we set up phases, set up phases, held on to the ball, held on to the ball, try to get a couple of guys to poach the ball. Get the, but, you know, we trained it and we could have just done it easily. Um, well, it took two yeah, penalties on that, you know, on one play to, to seal your fate. And then yeah. Seattle still had to drive all the way down and, yeah. and get the try. And in yeah. the stadium, it was an exhilarating moment in, yeah. in all of the rugby that I've ever watched, but yeah. especially live to see, A, him do that, that drop yeah. goal. And I was down on the field. And then Seattle come down and well, score. I mean, yeah. Stunning mm -hmm. moments for the league, really. No, yeah, exactly. Look, it, it's great for the league. No one would have predicted that ending, right? So it, it was, you know, it was a great game and great ending. Um, but it is what it is, so... I just want you to remember that it was Matt McCarthy ripped the scab off that horrible memory from 2019 for you. Well, you guys kept and ringing up the kick to Peterson kick from the corner. That was, that was the semifinal, though. Whatever. It's good painful. Moment. Happy moment. It's painful. Good moment. It's a happy moment, but the good thing is I'm now with Nola. We've got a great side. We've got a great uh, season coming up. I'm pretty sure of it. And you got Love Nola it. Nate Osborne, that secret 100%. weapon in coaching. Yes, 100% true. All right. Mr. J, Mr. Jacques Philippe Diplussy, merci. merci beaucoup. Merci, merci, monsieur. Hey, gang, we got to stop here. We're way over. And what we're going to do is have Dylan Fawcett's interview where he is pitch side at Rugby United New York training separate. So make sure you check that one out. Thank you, Mr. J.P. Duplessis. And be sure to check out our other segments this week featuring WWE legend John Bradshaw Layfield in our first ever Major League Rugby sports betting show and... 
our young guns, Colby Marshall in his martial law, Zach Lanning in his Zach attack, and of course, our esteemed guests, Mr. Stephen Lewis, Mr. Daniel Power, and Mr. Brian Ray. And please, please, please sign up for our Rugby Wrap-Up American Red Cross Blood Donor Team. Stay with Rugby Wrap-Up.